The Movie Hour, episode 157, November 10, 2011. Spoiler alert! The following hour program may contain movie plots and swearing. Welcome one and all to the Seymour Cassell Christmas Time Movie Hour. I'm Greg Maloney, your host for this lovely show, and I'm joined by two capable co-hosts, my brother James and everyone's favorite philanthropist, Jeff. It's like a tongue twister. Welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Hello, everybody. Yay! You guys are way too cheery. It's not a good day. Everyone calm down a little bit. Calm down a little bit. This is not going to be the cheery episode. (laughs) This is going to be the opposite of cheery. It's going to be the, let's see, the fear-mongering episode. Can we fear-monger for a little while? Yay! (laughs) I think I can do that. Um, Yeah, there's, there's, I guess there's some things to be scared about. Like, uh, outside the studio right now, it seems like there's a hurricane forming. Oh, there uh, is. I don't know if that's true <laughs> true or not. It is true. I'm not, I'm not a meteorologist, but... It doesn't matter. Of, I'm an alarmist. I'm, I'm an alarmist. That's a good point. I like that. It's very nice. Um, there were some. There are some things to be happy about. Like this weekend, uh, we forgot to mention last week, we had a, a wedding to attend to of two friends of the show. It was a fantastic weekend. Still kind of uh, recovering from it, but it was a uh, great time. Got to see a lot of people. Everybody that's uh, listening to the show right now is great to see you. You know who you are, and um, yeah, I ran into somebody I haven't seen in like 20 years or something. Yeah, that's that's a, a portion of your life right there. 20 years. It is. Uh, Jeff, that's a big portion of your life too, isn't it? It's a it's a uh, that's a majority of my life. <laughs> it's a significantly Uh-oh. larger portion of Jeff's life. <laughs> I was talking to, to some kids today about video games because uh, I had some time off and the kids are hanging out and I, I was uh I was just talking about how I got this new Batman game that's pretty cool and we kind of got going on it and I, I I told them that I'd had my Nintendo for 25 years <laughs> and then, which is a little bit of an overstatement but like right, 24 right. and they looked at me like I look at Jim. <laughs> <laughs> With sad eyes. Just, just, <laughs> just, why would you even tell me that? You sound like an idiot right now. Like, just, it was pretty good. I got, I got a pretty good kick out of it. <laughs> Does any like? Is it just you sharing your video game side with the kids, or do you share it with fellow teachers as well? It's like only a thing that you talk with kids about. No, or do you no, no, a lot of the, a lot of the teachers play video games as well. You know, I mean, it's, but uh, it's yeah, it's a trend, man. Older, older people playing video games. That's how it works. We grew up with them. And uh, just like we grew up with movies, guys, movies, movies, which is what, which is what we're here to talk about. Movies, the, the fantastic movies. Um, there was one uh, one item of our feature, the High Hunters Highwood Hoopla, the current events, if you will, uh, that I wanted to talk about. And this, I was actually talking with a friend of the show and a special co-host once in a while, Michelle, about it. Um, Eddie Murphy. You guys know who that is, right? Eddie Murphy, uh, Charlie Murphy's brother. I used uh, to know. I don't know him anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it's been uh, officially reported that he has vacated his slot as the the host for the 2011 Oscars, which we all, you know, we figured we probably wouldn't have tuned in anyways, and Eddie Murphy probably would have would have helped all that much anyhow. But um, it's interesting that he's leaving, and he is his departure was sparked by his uh, friend Brett Ratner, who was supposed to produce the Oscars this year, um, pretty much getting in trouble uh quoted uh with uh i forget what newspaper telling gay jokes about his uh 
new movie tower heist which is out this weekend maybe it's all just a giant publicity stunt because we're all talking about it and um yeah it's kind of uh yeah I don't, big I don't news know i'm still not gonna watch the Oscars. yeah <laughs> big news <laughs> i'm not gonna watch the oscars or your stupid movie stay away from me um and yeah what was funny though was after after i brought that up I'm like this is perfect i can bring back the old parker posey when we asked who would you want to host the oscars if you could pick it because eddie murphy was it's um, Dennis Miller time. <laughs> it's Dennis. It's Dennis Miller time. <laughs> I, if um, I had to, if I had to guess, I would say Billy Crystal. Like I feel like he's just on retainer. Yeah, he's the, the fallback. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. When was the last time he? When was the last time he hosted the Oscars? Jim. Um, seventies, I think. I don't okay. know. Yeah, I I don't know. I uh, I still think there there's got to be some. I think they're going to reach out at just somebody that they think is going to grab a young audience. Like, yeah. I do like, uh, um, Shia LaBeouf. Like, yeah, that's a, <laughs> I think everybody knows he's, everybody hates Shia LaBeouf already. I don't know how. Maybe can they just get Michael Bay to like CGI a host. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> um, old, uh, an old, old answer from the PPA, Karen's, uh, Steve Carell. I know he's not the young guy, but, um, I could see him hopping on it and just, yeah, just flavor NPH, the man NPH. Yeah. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. He's there. Um, and they can put Smurfs on there with them. Like the CGI yeah. those in. Yeah. That's so perfect. You're ready to go. No problem. It'd be, uh, it'd be number one, but yeah, I just found that interesting three months before the Oscars. I'm sure it's not going to be hard to getting, uh, you know, somebody to sign on to produce the thing, but it'll be interesting that somebody has got a, somebody out there has got to pick up, uh, pick up the torch. And bear the burden a little bit. Uh, Hollywood needs you, people. Hollywood needs you. Uh, we need you. Yeah. Real yeah. America needs you. Not that I can speak for real America. Real America. Life, but... yeah. Actually, I was thinking about you, Jeff, when I, I saw a picture. They were making jokes about... They were talking about... They were talking about New York and L.A. for some reason. And somebody posted a picture. This is on one of my uh, favorite sites, fark.com. Um and someone posts this picture, which pretty much brings the whole flyover state um, feel into it, where it's like the whole map of the U.S. is just scrunched, and you see Chicago, which looks like a gas station, and then there's just a big <laughs> L.A. and a big like uh, New York symbol, and it was it was just. Funny. In fairness, I think that Washington D.C., Boston, and Philadelphia are also places that are worth breathing the air in. <laughs> Fantastic great news great news um but anyways enough of uh travel maps and uh, airplanes and flyover states uh, let's talk about some more movies uh jeff movies i believe you have our uh sole review for today really okay um so i saw and it's probably not news i imagine most of our listeners have already seen this but i think i might be the first one on the podcast to see this movie uh Hi. i saw bridesmaids which I claimed was going to be awesome, and I was going to go see it, but I felt weird seeing it by myself, and I never did. That's it was story. it was pretty funny. I mean, for like chick humor, it was it was pretty good. Um, and it wasn't like super chicky, I guess, if that makes sense. But what was the scenario you saw this in, anyways? Like, was um, it people or what? My myself and my uh, lovely fiance sat down and watched it on uh, Sunday evening, having. Nothing uh, exciting to do and having to go to work the next morning. So, um, so this you know it stars uh, Kristen Wiig uh, and Maya Rudolph. Kristen Maya Rudolph is gets engaged and asks Kristen Wiig to be her maid of honor, um, and quickly 
an antagonist arrives. I believe the antagonist's name is Jessica St. Clair. Um, and she is a bridesmaid, uh, who is like, sort of like the new best friend of the, uh, of the, the, the Maya Rudolph, the, what are they called? Bride. There we go. (laughs) Uh, uh, the, the, yeah. Yeah. So, it, might she, learn that too. and she's like very, very rich and comes from a lot of money and like has all these like opportunities that Kristen Wiig does not have to make a huge deal of the wedding. And so, uh, so like she's just constantly trying to upstage Kristen Wiig, which is kind of amusing. And, uh, the other bridesmaids are pretty funny also. One of them's played for, by the, uh, the blonde chick from Beverly or from, uh, Reno 911, Wendy McClendon Covey. Another one's played by Ellie Kemper of the office fame. And, um, I cannot remember the girl's name for the life of me, but she's the uh, the heavier set woman, Melissa McCarthy. Yes, who is very very funny. Um, and I understand actually like funny in real life too, which is pretty cool. Um, not just you know like she's like genuinely a funny right. chick, not like she has funny scripts written for. Her. Right. Um, speaking of which, big um, big thumbs up to Kristen Wiig for being a writer in this movie. I, I I've always liked her, and I think that that's a cool thing to be. I, I, yeah, I'm impressed with her. I'm I. I, this is probably sexist, but it's sexist in, in the good way at this time. Like, I'm impressed with female comedians because I, I, I generally don't think that – I think it's more difficult to be a funny female for whatever reason. Um, and so I'm very impressed with uh, people like Tina Fey, Kristen Wiig, Gilda Radner. Uh, that's about it. Um <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, uh, Jane Curtin, I guess. Uh, anyway, um, but uh, the, the plot goes forward that things just keep getting messed up for um, for Kristen Wiig, and a lot of it is this uh, this uh, evil bridesmaid's fault, and so she winds up not being the maid of honor anymore, which I thought was a pretty uh, pretty weird move. Myself planning a, a wedding, you know. Um, I, I, it would be really did difficult. Did she just sell herself out, or did the the? No, the 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 bride was like, "Hey, off. listen, like this is obviously really difficult for you. Um, you're demoted, basically." <laughs> um, there's nope. some, there's some side characters that play the romantic interests of Kristen Wiig. Um, one of them is a uh, is an Irish cop. Uh, he's kind of funny. He, he's actually one of the, I think one of the highlights of the movie. He's, he's a, he's an actor that I'd like to see again. He's very charming. Uh, that's, and I think it might just John be his brogue. That's it's John Hamm, isn't it? No, 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 no. John Hamm is the other one. He's the okay. bad guy. He's like yeah. the, uh, like the evil fuck buddy, basically. <laughs> that's great. Um, the evil fuck buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, it's actually a movie that, uh, we're producing coming out next Halloween. <laughs> Which, by the way, Twitter off. Tag. Fuck buddy. Just don't see it alone. Fuck <laughs> buddy. Um, so, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, pretty funny. I, there were, I think some of the parts that, that were really, really funny were the parts that were actually like just disgusting and stupid. Like there's a part where one girl pukes on another girl's head because they're, they both have stomach, uh, like, like food poisoning. I don't know. It's just, there's a bunch of really stupid stuff. That's really funny in it. And then there's some actually funny stuff. That's pretty funny in it. Um, overall I, I would recommend this. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not slapping like a, uh, like this isn't like super funny, but it's, it's a pretty funny movie. It's the funniest movie I've seen 
new movie I've seen since maybe maybe The Hangover. I don't know. It was. It was say, can you compare it to something else? Yeah, Hangover. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't Hangover funny. I I was really really fond of The Hangover, but right. this was pretty funny. All right. And made a boatload of money. A lot of people saw it. Yeah. And now yeah. you have too. Yeah, it's I'm part of that boatload. You're part of that crew. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I hadn't had the chance. It's been a very, very busy week, uh, a chance to catch a new movie. And this weekend, in terms of uh, theatrical releases, hasn't done any better. I still want to catch The Rum Diaries. I think I could do that. Might be able to do that soon. I don't know. Sorry, I was scratching my... I, I, I've... I don't know if you guys have this problem like I do, but I recently like chopped all my facial crabs? hair off. Yeah, crabs. Uh, chopped all my facial hair off, so now I find myself like scratching it more and more. Like I don't, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, James might because you know James has you know kind of a beard. Not, not not so much Jeff, but yeah. Anyways, that's that's. I just want to talk about facial hair for a while. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> um, but um, it's getting weird. Getting weird. Yep. Anyhow, I do I do have something to bring to the show, and it's the the Parker Posey play along, which is one is of it about facial hair. It is about facial hair. That's it was my lead in actually. My Seriously? Segue. No, it's not. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were looking forward to that one. Best fake beard. Go. No, it's um, it's a it's a it's an intense one. It's a thinker, like all my questions are. But um, before we get to mine, we got to deal with James's question from last week. And when I say deal with it, we have to, you know, we have to put it down. It's uh, what's your favorite instrumental piece of music from a movie soundtrack? And I think like, you know, all of us, we are, we're all huge fans of movies, but we're also huge fans of music. And I, uh, I like combining the two. We've done it before. And uh, the question is uh, right up that alley. And uh, yeah, James, I don't know if you had any uh, answers you wanted to bring up on the show. Anything that specifically caught your caught your eye? Uh, the Star Trek 2 is really good. I really enjoyed that piece of music. Um, I'm really not familiar with uh, Karen's answer, but I'm you, looking forward to investigating you, it. You are. Oh, you, the like, Carl Orff? Yeah, you've heard yeah, it. You've heard, yeah. it. You've heard it a million times. Yeah, you, like, <laughs> we could sing it and you would know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, What's funny is she lists, like, she lists what it's from, like what movies it's in. What fourteen movies it's from? Well, or what's, and what's funny is I like from a lot of those I can't pick the scene, but from Jackass the movie I can pick the scene, and that's what's awful about it. But it's pretty much been uh, I don't want to say ruined, but it's been ingrained in my head. Um, but it's what's funny? Jackass the movie. Yeah, the, the interesting one about the the Wrath of Khan pick was I I couldn't think of it. I couldn't think of the music when uh, Joshua brought it up, but when I did listen to it, it did it. It's like a mashup of like, it's almost like a mashup of like all the motifs they did in like the entire movie, all in the one thing at the end, and it's like an eight minute. Here's our medley. Yeah, it really is like an eight <laughs> minute piece of it, and it's interesting. It's an interesting listen, and uh, yeah, and I'm still like, if anybody ever wants to bring up answers for that, I'm always interested in uh, listen to what what music makes you guys makes you guys you know more drawn into the movie's experience. It's important important part, very big facet of it. Uh, but yeah, um, I guess this brings us to. My question, which uh, again will be at uh, gungabit.com and also uh, on the boards at, uh, or sorry, on at the Movie Hour page on Facebook. And what's interesting is I uh, I had a whole thing I had it written out specifically, but <clears throat> I lost it. It's gone. So I got to build it from memory. Um, what I was thinking, we were joking around a little, a little bit about it when we were at the wedding. This uh, wedding was at a reception hall that's it's got this old feel to it. And we were joking about, around about how it feels like, you know, it's one of those places where it looks like 
it could have been raided by the cops during prohibition or something like that. It was a really cool place where the reception is the reception was uh, at, the, at the wedding this weekend. But, um, and I was thinking about eras of movies and like timeline and like the stereotypical, like iconic, you know, John Hughes eighties movie and whatever. And I, you know, now that Jeff and I, you know, we're growing up, we're, we're almost adults now. And it's, uh, we, I wouldn't want to say we were just raised in the nineties, but the nineties was a pretty big part of our lives. And I was trying to think to myself, like I could pick an eighties movie out, but I was trying to think of an iconic nineties movie. I got mine. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you do. Um, and what's interesting is I could think of a movie. I could think of the movie I liked and I thought was just stereotypical nineties, but I don't know why. So I actually need help with my answer a little bit. My, my movie is the fugitive and it's, I don't know, like Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones are pretty much the stars of it. And it's got that to it. And they're like the nineties were good to them for sure. Um, but I don't know why else it like, it's got a, you know, it's got a, you know, a plot that a lot of people have spoofed and parodied a little bit. And I, I don't know why, but for some reason, like when I think of nineties, the fugitive seems like almost, I was almost thinking about like Die Hard, which is a 1980 film. It seems like The Fugitive is like a plot that just is all over the place during the era. And I, I couldn't really even think of some examples, but it's just so familiar. I don't know why, but that, that's the, my pick. Um, if you're trying to find, like, if you were looking for a, like, a period piece of the 90s, you, that, like, you can go with that too. Like, something. Um, I don't want to pay, steal any answers, but like singles came into my head and like reality bites and crap like that. Like I'm not looking for something that. Mark that off. Mark that off. <laughs> Sorry. Like I, it can be something that encompasses the nineties, but it doesn't have to be is what I'm saying. It could be just this kind of film came out in the nineties and it was around all the time. So you you're looking for something that represents films in the nineties. Right. Right. It doesn't have to represent the nineties, right. but if you, if you can't think of something like that, Go ahead and pick something that does represent the 90s in your mind. Um, but yeah, we're looking for something that represents like 90s film, not the 90s. If that, if uh, if you can, it's a tough question. I had difficulties with it. And... It wasn't tough for me. <laughs> um, anyways, Jeff, it sounds like you've got you've got your answer locked and loaded. So uh, what did you? Yours was the fugitive, though. Yeah, the fugitive is what I'm picking for sure. Okay. It's just I had problem. Like, do you guys agree? Like the fugitive feels like a 90s movie and it's something that like i don't know what it is about it but it pulls me in to think that this movie is a 90s movie and it i don't know the the not like no edginess like no no uh like everything's just sort of like a bland action this guy my best friend turned on me and now it's there's this weird chase going on but i don't know i i i I don't know why specifically, but the fugitive seems right to me. It's it's my heart that tells me it is. It's the heart. Um, but yeah, Jeff, what what Encino do you Encino Man. <laughs> I've just been waiting to say Encino Man. <laughs> it's a it's a good pick. It's a good pick. I'm not I'm not gonna knock Encino Man. It's one of my favorite films, of course. <laughs> I. I... Like you, I have a difficult time putting my my finger on exactly what it is, but I feel like the 90s were sort of um, – I, I feel like it, it's sort of 
the more amped up version of like clueless like the here's what's cool now grandpa right. combined <laughs> combined with some like really bizarre plot like that that just um that didn't seem to really make sense and right. you, you really didn't give a shit what happened at the end at all because it didn't matter like i feel like don't tell mom's the don't tell mom the babysitter's dead and then see no man are basically the same movie even though they have totally different plots and i, I feel like that makes them very 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 90s yeah it's i i couldn't figure out like how to describe it like it's this thing where it's not like it feels like the 80s um specifically you're looking at like john hughes stuff but then there's uh like i know animal house was 70s but you get this generic like just either melancholy feel or just laid back everybody has their opinion and it's kind of okay feel situation and it's like everybody's all right like i'm okay you're okay kind of philosophy and i don't know what it is about the 90s but it's like that teenage feel that you're talking about like between this movie and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead and like i'm trying now i'm trying to think of like another other movies like that like i want to say like just Drop Dead Fred's in there somehow. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about Drop Dead Fred, but I, I'm not sure when when Back to School came out. But I would put that in that, in that, <laughs> that realm. Yeah, it's t- it's it's a tough one. James, did you uh, did you think of anything? Um, pretty much the first thing that came into mind for me was Pulp Fiction. Okay, and it seemed to me I don't know, or at least from my perspective, it seemed like darker movies seemed to become a lot more acceptable in the 90s okay like the silence of the lambs and the sevens of the world and pulp fiction was kind of in that vein but even a little bit more a little bit more different was just independent films seemed to be more accepted in the 90s too and that was kind of a a combo of the two basically i mean 1999 alone saw being john malkovich fight club and a couple other pretty sweet independent films but right yeah so i think that was when things started becoming mainstream for the yeah, the low budget directors trying to make it big, so And then Quentin Quentin Tarantino was born. Yeah. No, that's like that's, that's what I'm going thing. with. I uh I, I can sort of see what you're talking about, how it's just almost I mean, like Science like, of the Lambs won best movie in ninety one, so right. I mean that's a huge step for that type of film in my opinion. People are dark assholes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like when the world started to rot away too. No <laughs> by the way that's thanking when god heart, that's when my heart started just tearing well up. jim i mean in fairness when you turn 50 the world does start to look like a little bit blue <laughs> no, that's true no it's because no one thank god at the oscars and i called it and it's happening it is happening i'd like to thank football jesus <laughs> um yeah i was, yeah. wait when did no i know i've heard this before but when did what year was it that no one thanked god at the oscars uh, the year silence of the lamb so 91 <laughs> How do you know that? Like, is that like a... Because I remember mentioning it to front of the show, Karen, you know, frequent co-host. Yeah. And ever since then, I swear, more mudslides, more earthquakes, just the world's rotting away. It's falling apart. Mm. Maybe, I'm just going to throw this out at you. It was a joke at the time, but it's coming true. (laughs) It's coming. No, it's real. It's real because we're making it real. That's right. This windstorm, that's no accident. Yeah, it's a hurricane out. You're right. The well, world... just let's get out of it and, 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 and thank baby Jesus for this podcast. I'd like to thank baby yeah, Jesus. That's a good good call. I'd like to thank Teenage Jesus. Teenage Jesus. That was a good joke that came out of that movie. There were a few jokes that were out of that movie that weren't bad. Um, but yeah, there were a couple, like I was 
you know, after I brought up the question, I sort of started looking around to see what other people's answers were. Like, there's yeah. some, and I definitely did think of singles. I'm like, but that was more of just because of the music bass. I'm just yeah, like, like a grunge yeah. music, you know. Yeah. The fact that Eddie Vedder was actually in the movie, right, right, <laughs> does kind of lends a little bit of nineties to it. <laughs> yeah, and again, so the question being, it's just if you could pick an iconic nineties movie what would you pick? And if, if you can, I'm looking for something that's like an iconic nineties film, not an iconic film of the, that portrays about the nineties. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you can pull that up, cause what, and, and Leslie, you can pick out if, if someone can find a movie from like before the nineties, that's based in the nineties. That'd be awesome. I want to, I want to know good, good fortune telling, fortune telling movies before the nineties that forecasted what the nineties are going to be like, yeah, I got a, there's gotta be a Tron or something out there. That's got that. But Anyhow, yeah, that question. We need to we need to spend a little bit of time researching the anniversaries of bad sci-fi movies. Like, <laughs> oh, this is this is the year that it's supposed to happen. Like, right. I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. But today's this the day, day in movie plots. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get the um uh, get our interns. There's a list online. I've seen it where it's a date by date list. No, oh, shit. too far from Back to the Future Two. I think Back to the Future. Yeah, Back to the right? Future Two wasn't that far away at all. Pretty exciting stuff because I, I have faith in Zemeckis that all that stuff actually is still coming. Cafe Eighties is really what I'm concerned about. Flying cars, <laughs> I don't give a shit. But. If he could do it, if, he, if anybody can do it, he can. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a fantastic time. I know it's been a relatively quick episode. We're all busy people, but it's great meeting up like this all the time. Talk about movies, uh, James and Jeff. Thank you once again for the input. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Drive safe, people. Cheers, everybody. Take care. Hope you enjoyed your daylight savings time extra hour. And uh, yeah, go Thanksgiving, go Detroit Lions, the Seymour Cassell Christmas time movie hour. See you next time. Spoiler alert! Following. Oh, wait, shit. Okay. <laughs> See? What I, I, have pro- I have problems doing this all the time, and they make fun of me. Type it out. I did! That was all in my head. Okay, I will start again. Spoiler alert! The following hour program may contain movie plots and swearing. That was good. Also, that was good. That was good. What you don't understand is if I do a really good job, I'm just going to copy it. It's going to be the permanent one. <laughs> Wait, I thought I did a really good job one time. That's not that what just, happened to me. That's the little thing we like to call smoke up the ass. Yeah. That was just us talking. Yay! Yay! Perfect! Actually, you know what? I don't think you did a good job. Can you do that one more time? Yay! Yay! (laughs) Yay. That's gonna be good! Jeff's gonna be like, what is going on?
Yay.